welcome to My Heart Remembers. Today, uh, I'm going to be speaking to someone who I don't know if I've met them, but I've certainly heard of them. And they're working on something that I've been very excited about for at least a year, maybe more. Uncertain how long, but it's been a while with someone who we've had on as a guest who I dearly love and admire and have had the opportunity to to uh, work with on and off over the years and and as well just experience their their art that they offer the world i wonder i wonder if uh, uh people know of the history of this person now i'm not talking about the one i'm talking to talking to today but brian morton um if you do and it then that's great. I'd love to hear from you after the show, you know, message me, tell me how you feel about Brian. Wonderful person. I'm telling you, I'm just telling you that's how you should feel. No, I'm, I'm teasing. He is definitely. And, and quite brilliant as well. I have someone, so, you know, he's actually too busy right now. I have someone with us who we're going to speak to, who I know I've heard the name before, and I've probably, but I haven't had the opportunity to see this person perform or perhaps maybe I've seen a play and they were doing lighting, but they're an actor, <laughs> lighting actors, acting lighters. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to get on with it. And we're going to spend some time today with Chris Cracknell. Hi, Chris. Good day. How's it going? It is absolutely fantastic. What about you? Oh, doing fine. Doing fine. <laughs> well, you you have a play coming up soon that you're acting in, as I said. I, I alluded to I, I do, for the Fringe Festival. Thank you. Yes, and the Fringe Festival, folks, in Hamilton is about to go bam on, or is it on now? It uh, starts this week. That's what I, I don't think yet. it started yet. Okay, yeah. I think Wednesday just... is the first day. I should know. <laughs> you're too busy to, to know that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, with what you're doing, you know, when you're starting. Yeah, yeah, I have I have my schedule. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dakota sent a message. By the way, you can write me messages. Did you see that on the side there, Chris? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yes, you can like write me messages. So the play is called is called The Night They Raided McMaster. Now, McMaster is a university in Hamilton, a really well known one. Uh, worldwide for his doctors. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And what it's it my alma mater too. Oh, <laughs> I studied. Terrific. I studied anthropology and oh, uh, uh, religious studies at Mac. Wait, I saw that. I saw that on your, uh, and I thought, well, that's interesting because you also did lighting. You studied lighting, right? For theater. No, that's my and... son. What? Oh. Yeah, my son Logan is a theater lighting director. What was I looking at? Okay. <laughs> That's great. I have some craziness I've added here earlier. Okay. Uh, but I thought I saw that. I, and you're telling me the obviously the truth here. <laughs> mm, no, my son, my son Logan's the lighting director in the family. Um, I've worked in other plays, not as an actor, but as a composer. But uh, not lighting. <laughs> Sound composer. Obviously, that's the word that goes for Zena. <laughs> I forgot to tell you, yeah, I'm doing great today because my brain is slightly melted because of the lovely heat we're having at the mm. moment. 
<laughs> no, my brain's always <laughs> like that. Mine's always a little jumbled. Um, okay, so so you are an actor. We know this. Anthropology mm-hmm. and religious studies. Well, that's a whole other conversation for another time. That's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm serious. That's an area that uh, um, I haven't formally studied in schools, but I have studied my whole life. So, Oh, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I have some really... I've actually studied with uh, some traditional, or what is known to the world as Sufis. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Uh, Chinese. No, uh, Sufis. Oh, oh, the Islamic Sufis. Well, if you, if you... The people I studied with claim that the concept of Sufi is just kind of a term that was given to them at some point, and... Uh, the is- Islam took it on because a lot of people were more publicly known from Islam. But uh, according to Idris Shah, who wrote a very good book on Sufis to give you a sense of the history, is to say that Sufi essentially means a complete human and could be uh, any culture, any mm-hmm. culture. So when I am say it, I know that, but other people would go to where you said, which is it is more well-known um, via Islam, yeah. Because the most well-known ones with that title would be according to the, the, the pop, the pop level of it. But if you study it, you don't, you don't look at it that way, right? We, we have a different uh, mm-hmm. se- sense of that, yeah. Yeah, so that's really neat. That's wonderful, yeah. At some point, you know, in the future, I'd love to ask you questions. I'm working on a few projects for my show that oh, awesome. uh, that are specifically related to, um, according to the Sufis I know, they the and the 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 stuff I've heard. They they said anthropology was created via the tradition of Sufis. Oh, it's an interesting interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, as opposed to um, archaeology. Well, yeah. archaeology is a, a part of uh, anthropology. Anthropology is yeah. a holistic study of the entire human experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, anthropology so you- is more the characteristics of the um, traditions and why and where and how they function within the culture kind of thing. It's uh, there. There are two sort of main branches of anthropology. There's physical anthropology, which uh, things like oh. paleontology and stuff like that, and then there's an archaeology as part of physical anthropology, and then there's cultural anthropology, where oh, you're, okay. you're studying uh, the the cultures of different people and stuff like that. Okay. And then you know the, you have uh, uh, you know archaeology sort of goes back and forth between that and and. Uh, you have primatology, which is uh, studying of lesser primates and stuff like that. Oh, like, oh my goodness, I can't remember her name. The woman. Jane Goodall. Uh, thank Diane you. Diane Fossey. How can, I forget, <laughs> how can I forget that? Like, they're people I dearly love for their work, even though I don't know it all. I don't know all about it, but I have, you know, been influenced by her for sure in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. A lot of people, I guess, would be. <laughs> But this this play isn't about anthropology. It's about a uh, <laughs> uh, an incident that happened at McMaster in the uh, the nineteen sixty nine, and it's the uh, the very first um, film 
in Canada to be both charged and convicted under uh, Canadian obscenity laws. Mm. And it was uh, produced by Ivan Reitman and uh, directed by John Hofsis. Yeah, in Canada. And this is like mm -hmm. the first time they decided, oh, that's it. They've gone too far. <laughs> Oh, well, that's kind of interesting. You know, I was I was born by them, but not totally aware, obviously, of my culture mm -hmm. around me. I mean, I do recall in the 1970s, there were blue movies at some point. I, did, I never yeah. saw them, but I heard they were on television. Yeah. Well, this is what uh, this is what this movie was intended to be. Uh, Ivan Reitman um, had sold a, uh, a short film to 20th Century Fox. And was told, you know, uh, if you have uh, some boobies in the movie, uh, we can make a lot more money. And he oh. knew a guy from campus named John Hofsis who was not afraid of putting boobies in movies. And <laughs> so he huh. brought him on to direct and write the movie. Uh, it's based on a uh, 19th century novel, erotic uh, piece of 19th century erotica. And they, they filmed this uh little uh, uh, nudie flick at uh, on a beach in Burlington and at a McMaster professor's house. And uh, they didn't think they'd get into trouble, but they did. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, what, what part of where, where was it shown at that time? I, I have been into different It was parts only shown it. on the McMaster campus. Um, I understand, but do you know where? on the campus because i mean for the uh, police to i'm not get sure it, it, yeah i'm not, not sure which uh, might have been chester newhall i'm not sure it's a university i, I can't remember yeah. so it's a maze I, I think that they create mazes on purpose for the students oh it's to, yeah like all universities <laughs> have a theory oh you have to really find your way around you might get lost <laughs> so i'm just wondering so, you know if there was a I'm room just looking for the cheese at the end of the university that that's what yeah, i'm driving well, of, for of course <laughs> of course yes anyone is yes wow so um so this this story uh was there a name for the original um was it a book? The that... the original the the book was called My Secret Life. Uh, the movie uh, was called The Columbus of Sex, and then a later sort of hack job of the movie done by a guy in the states was called My Secret Life again. Uh, okay, so it 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 got released with actors and whatnot here in Canada, and it it never got released. It oh, wow. was okay. only Sorry. it was Thank only you. shown on the campus. It, uh, it was you. only intended yeah. to be shown to people who had worked on it or were friends of people who worked on it. the The idea was they they were going to show it first their 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 first rough draft of this film, and then talk with the 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 audience and get their opinions on it, and then work on a on a finished version of the movie, and then send that to the Ontario censor board. But they didn't do that, so they got into a lot of trouble. <laughs> oh, they avoided that censor board, which uh, somebody told me when I was a young woman that the censor board was a middle-aged woman who was quite Yeah, crude. probably. <laughs> I, I, and that it was one person, and it was her. And, yeah, I know. I, I, I thought it was a joke. I don't know if it was serious or not, but or real. I, don't, I do recall somebody even giving me their name. 
you know, uh, and her name is blah. I don't recall, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we do, uh, Canadians are, I think we forget. I mean, we think of the United States as having a level of puritanical like society. Yes. Within their well, groups. Canada was even worse. Uh, Thank you. In, but we in... don't talk about it. Right? No, no. Like Ontario being the most British, basically. Yeah, even very. More, yeah, even more British than British Columbia. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, well, you, know, the... you had that that accent too on the CBC. The Canadian dainty, it was called, which was a a variation of of the received pronunciation, specifically for Canadian broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, which which has altered now. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. yeah, it's but, it's pretty much died now. It's uh, pretty much a, a, a an extinct uh, accent, except for maybe uh, a few older people that are that are still around that uh, went to pri- uh, private boarding schools and were 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 taught to speak that way. Yes, exactly. I mean, it, it's not your average Joe that would they put on CBC. No. No. People, I have a friend who works there, and I've done radio with that person, and they're university educated they're very brilliant and uh, they they can even be stuck doing me you know he is not stuck doing menial jobs but for a time he was you know <laughs> it's like they just take him <laughs> in and we well, just have you do this and it's uh, you know he's trained for way more than that you know they but he still had to have that level so there's definitely a degree of um that uh, traditional uh education that's required. And- yeah. Well, that's what it was used for was to sort of, uh, it was a very quick way to distinguish yourself that you came from, you know, proper breeding and stuff like that. That's the, <laughs> uh, the mid Atlantic accent is what it was called in the States. And then in, uh, Britain, it was called received pronunciation. Oh, and in wow. Canada, it's the Canadian dainty. <laughs> And I, my mind goes back to hearing, and I love to listen every now and then to uh, announcers um, from uh, historical, like before 1960, for example, or even uh, because by 1970, um, there was, a, or at least mid-1970, there were a lot more people on radio who were not of that order. You know, there was a broader uh, cultural uh, array of people speaking on radio. Um, but there's still, uh, you know, I mean, I know people who do it to this day, speak on radio and they still work on their voices. It's a, it's a big deal. <laughs> you oh know. yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've worked with a lot of actors that, uh, that do voice work too. And there's all sorts of exercises they do, uh, and, uh, before, before, uh, performing to, to mm-hmm. loosen yeah. up their, their mouth and their tongue and their vocal cords. Yeah, well, well, as a vocalist as well, I, I, for myself, there's that, but there's also just to speak on the radio. I will, you know, there's like people take on a persona. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, quite a few of the people I know who do radio today, not not many, but some of them have a completely different voice when I talk to them regularly. As oh yeah, when, yes. when they're on the radio, yeah. But I've been. Uh, well, it was been, like when you when you heard Gilbert Godfrey on a hot mic when he wasn't doing Gilbert Godfrey. Right. And it's like, who is this? Who is this guy? It doesn't sound anything like him. Exactly. Howard Howard Stern's another one too, who, when you see him on some sort of uh, video where he's not on the radio and he's not using that. uh, um, I can't remember if he uses the Neumann or, or the, uh, 
or an RE20 for his uh, for his microphone, yeah. but he has that large yeah. diaphragm microphone that gives him that very booming voice. Mm-hmm. Technology can really mm-hmm. assist with that kind of thing, um, as well as you know working on how you pronounce the words that you're speaking. Take time mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, there's a whole level of that going on. It's quite an art form, but uh, as an actor, obviously, it's an important as it's important to you as well. Very much so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Last year's uh, fringe play I did was with uh, oh, Will Gillespie one, and last year they were doing the virtual uh, fringe. Oh, how so was it was that? all online, and so my acting was entirely voice acting. And then um, Will's wife, Susan, um, made claymation figures, uh, a little claymation ad- animation to, to go along with uh, the cast's voice acting. So it was a really interesting experience. Wow. Yeah. Because, I mean, that that's a whole thing in itself. I mean, I've done voiceovers, but I haven't done voiceovers where I'm watching the mouth move. Oh, maybe I have. <laughs> Wait, I have. Uh oh, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> only once, though. Uh, mostly, it's just voiceovers over scenery or something like that, mm-hmm. or whatnot. Yeah, but how? So that must have been really quite a challenge to do. Uh, it was actually, uh, yeah, it was. There were some technical uh, uh, difficulties with it, uh, getting the the voice recording uh, done, just because of COVID going on at the time. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was a fun fun experience. How? Are they managing for COVID this year? I know that there's that's still an, an issue um, in I, Ontario. I believe, yeah, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think uh, the audience will have to be masked, but and I think they've slightly reduced the uh, amount of people, um, spacing. the amount of people, because the Zoetic holds three hundred, but they're only letting us sell two hundred tickets. I think. Yeah. So they wow. want to have some room in there. Well. I that's good because I do plan on going, and that's part of the reason I'm asking. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Yeah, no, there will there will be because uh... this will be the largest amount of people. Yeah, that uh, that uh, we've had in uh, for two years now. Yeah, <laughs> it's my first well, first uh, yeah. play in person in two years. Yeah. Oh, it must be a relief. I mean, we there was a a, a musical that uh, Dakota and I went and recorded. You know, we did it previous to the actual opening night. And um, they were very, very particular. That's the thing I I noticed, that people in theater, people in film are very particular about what's going on and and very careful, you know, to take... Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know that, that that would be going on. I do recall Brian Morton making some uh, comments on his, uh, his uh, social media uh, mentioning that he's taking care of a few things in that area. So I thought I'd ask at least, you know, if, <laughs> if, <laughs> to find out since I'm going. And for those out there who would like to go and, and have managed to uh, stay safe, I have. Um, and want to stay safe. Uh, at the same time, I'm like, well, should I get it? Anyway, we're going to talk about that here. <laughs> I swear, <laughs> if I mention it on my show, that uh, I don't even have to write it in the lo- in the notes or anything like that, Facebook will actually say, oh, it's they're talking about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> really, I'm serious. It's it's. I don't know. Do they? I'm not sure what happens there. I still haven't asked. Uh, you know, even if asked, 
Facebook, they don't answer you, but I wanted to ask them if they actually just play it through something and wait for COVID to come up. And if it does, then they put the marker on my show. I mean, anyway, here nor there. Um, <laughs> let's get back to this amazing story because we just got the started on it, right? There's a lot more. I mean, I, I know that, that I've been to plays that, uh, Brian, Brian has, has written or co-written and, uh, produced and I've assisted. I've done some work with him on many things, uh, over the years. I've always loved doing it. Um, are you, uh, how about you? Do you enjoy? Oh, I've worked with Brian, Brian and I, um, have been uh, friends uh, almost since I immediately moved to Hamilton from Toronto back in the early nineties. And, uh, but as musicians and oh, lovely. Um, yes, he's a uh, we, we've musician. worked together as, as musicians uh, for, for a long time. And then one, uh, we, we also get together and we have uh, tabletop gaming with, with a oh, bunch of wonderful. Wow. And, oh. and so I was, I was telling Brian that, um, uh, at a tape, one of these tabletop gaming sessions. And I, I was saying, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think one of the things on my bucket list is to just go audition for a play, not planning to get a part in the play, not planning to, to do it, but just, just so I can say, yeah, I auditioned for a play once. And then Brian said, well, I've got a play on right now. Would you like to skip the audition and just be in it? Oh, wow. <laughs> I can goes, see Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he was, it was, the play was called The Suicide. And um, it was this old Russian play. And he goes, the problem I'm having with it is this, this play is, is written for like a cast of 30 people because it's an old Soviet Russian play. I'm just, where, I, I, I haven't seen Russian plays, but I've seen their films. They're pretty, yeah. they're pretty intense. And suicide is what you might want to do afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was, it, it was just because of the, 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 the way the theaters worked back then they, they had to employ lots of people, right? This is a, oh. a state job in the state theater and stuff. And so you, when you wrote, if you were a playwright, you wrote a part for all your friends, even if they're just doing one thing. And uh, with the uh, community theater and, and certainly fringe, uh, you don't have that luxury of having a, a cast of 30 people <laughs> for a play. So he had to edit this play in, in such a way that we could get by with a, a smaller cast. And he came up with this idea of a clown unit uh, where I was playing the, the manager of the theater and I had some other theater hands. And this play was going to take place during the dress rehearsal of the play in front of the the uh, National uh, Repertory Committee, who had been the the Russian censor of this play, so basically the first time that play was put on, um, uh, the writer ended up going to Siberia. the The censor did not like that play at all, and so we're oh, doing. Oh no, that, Brian that. has a way of. Yeah, it was these. brilliant. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. But the the yeah. one reason he really wanted me for the play was because uh, in the play. It has musicians in the play singing songs, but the songs aren't there. There are no songs. It just says musicians play song. So I had to oh, write, so you, uh, oh, had to write right. the music for for that play that Wonderful. I had done. And that was the first wow. play. That was the first play I'd done with uh, with Brian. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun, and so we work we work together a lot. In that sounds in very theater, intense, really seriously is, intense, right? 
it's I mean, yeah, it's kind of interesting too because in in the play we're doing now, uh, the night they re- raided McMaster, which Brian wrote, the the John Hoffs's character, uh, th- this part uh, kind of reminds me of Brian in a little way because um, uh, he, he talks about how he likes to work. Uh, with his friends, right? People he can trust that he's built up trust with and stuff like that. And and so Brian is is one of the few people well, that I've worked with who can call me and say, I have a play, you want to be in it? And I'll say, sure. And he doesn't even have yes. to tell me what the part, doesn't okay. have to tell me what I'm doing, what the part yes. is or anything. If Brian yes. calls me, wants me in a play, I'm like, yeah, sure, I can do it. Uh, Will Gillespie, he's, a, he's another... Uh, uh, a theater person here in Hamilton. Uh, he's the same thing. Uh, Will calls me up, says, "Hey, Chris, I need you in a play," and I'm like, "I'm yours. <laughs> I'm there yeah, for you." <laughs> wonderful. And, like and we have we have such a wonderful theater community here in Hamilton. I mean, there's 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 been pretty much nobody I've ever worked with in theater in Hamilton that I wouldn't be thrilled to work with again. <laughs> that that's that's beautiful to hear. Uh, uh, there have been. Uh, I'm always on the fringes of theater. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, you know, I, I, but, and film is really more an area. And then it is either experimental film or uh, documentaries. And oh, I yes. don't have, yeah. So I don't really, other than being, uh, doing voiceovers for uh, um, fic, non, nonfiction or, uh, some kind of role outside of it, but always on the fringe. Like I, I produce films, right? Mm-hmm. So, so theater is not, you know, I mean, but it makes sense to know people in theater because there's so much knowledge and there's so much to learn from those people. And I love to, when I get a chance to go to, it's go also to a small, uh, a, a very small community in, in Canada of creative types. And so, you know, we, we have the to person you get to, to, to <laughs> yeah. do your, you know, composing music for a film and well this guy also composed music for uh theater as well and stuff like that Uh, (laughs) you got it yeah yeah definitely yeah well i mean also helping with theater like the fringe i'm saying oh here's the location it's my location right or 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 here's or here like something just to make sure it happens you know i i've done that yeah very very happy to do that um over the years Are you okay? That was just my dog. Yeah, that was just my dog. He saw something running through the backyard. And Is he a hound? <laughs> um, no, he's um, his mother was a collie and a golden retriever, and his father was a, a, a shepherd in a lab. Wow, wonderful. <laughs> then he's probably very bright. That's what I have noticed. Like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well um, – uh, I just wanted to say that, that that I did get a press release and and I just wanted to put in there about what you were saying and and I guess it not I guess in a sense it says something about you as well um, about uh, uh, theater Erebus Inc which is that's how you say it Erebus 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 I think so yeah oh, okay I don't know <laughs> I've heard it tons of times do I say it right I don't know yeah anyway that's Brian's yeah. company yes and and uh, Inc. was, uh, it was, it's a non, non-profit charitable foundation and it was incorporated in 1991. And as you said, it is, uh, it is the brainchild of uh, director Brian Morton. He says artistic director. Well, he's 
that that makes sense because he covers so many bases. I've watched him do everything from cutting up the sound bits to uh, to uh, uh, painting uh, walls. Who he'll do anything to make sure he gets up, but uh, <laughs> which is wonderful. That's another thing I love about theater people. Um, and uh, he 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 started it to fill a need uh, for a company um, that entertains and also provokes thought. This is direct stuff from from the press. Explores contemporary Canadian realities and is unafraid to challenge the its audience and perception. Now I'm wondering. I, I've been I've been uh, involved. Uh, I mean, with uh, some of the first stuff that he put on in Hamilton. Uh, I you know I get, I helped him with that. You know, just back there. You know, like bringing PA in, cleaning floors. You know, whatever. Um, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> and watching. I like to watch and learn, and I've learned <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I mean, I got to learn a lot. And uh, and Brian loves to teach, so it was always wonderful to uh, work with Brian. Um, but he uh, uh, he's fulfilling something there that is just magnificent, and so far. Uh, as I've watched him go through, he really sticks to that in a beautiful way and also create has has come out with some pow- powerful work in an area that says, well, this is really, truly Canadian. This is really, truly, um, you know, uh, to a uh, real life situations. I mean, I think one of the one of the most well-known one was Mrs. Dick. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. fun. I did. Uh, Brian uh, remounted that play uh, a few years ago, and and I played the John Dick character in that. Mm. I saw it the first time on opening night at theater. Um, what the heck is that on James Street? That's oh, the Tivoli. The Tivoli, yes, yeah. What a great theater. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I did. I got the chance to see that and. Um, I've seen quite a few others of Brian's. I think about it. I think I have mostly, when it comes to seeing plays, mostly seen Brian's plays. <laughs> I've seen many, like quite a few others, but I would say the most amount of, you know, work I've seen is is from Theater Erebus. I, I, I realize it's 1991. I guess it was just after I'd met him or well after. I'm not sure because I, I, I believe I met him in 1989 or 1990 or so. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I've, I've been, I've felt very blessed since then. So, so you're, you're, you have a role. Um, do you want mm-hmm. to speak about a bit about your role? Oh, I'm, I'm going to be playing Ivan Reitman. Oh, um, so. Who's kind of, uh, uh, the opposite of, uh, um, the John Hoffs's character who was the director of, of the Columbus of sex. Ivan, Ivan, uh, did the cinematography and, and, uh, co-produced it, uh, with Danny, uh, Goldberg, who my friend Greg is playing. Oh Greg, my Greg, goodness. Greg is, uh, another part of, uh, Brian's, uh, uh, sort of, uh, cast he likes to 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 work with we've done a number of plays together and we the three of us really get along quite well so there's a, a pretty good chemistry working with oh, uh, brian and, and greg uh, well you're making me more excited about going to see this <laughs> i mean <laughs> part of the thing i just want everyone to know that there is very deep research that has gone into oh yes this. yeah brian really does uh does do a lot of research when he writes his his plays and it goes to people. I know that he has spoken with people um, directly who are involved, 
those who are alive and people around it who are alive and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, not to say they're all dead. I'm not certain about that. Are any of the <laughs> actual... Uh, Danny Goldberg is still alive. And okay. uh, yeah, there's a little uh, little uh, joke in uh, 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 that Brian always likes to do when he has these sort of uh, historical plays that for all we know, they could be sitting in the audience tonight. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. This is exciting. This is really exciting. Um, and your uh, it it has um, seven nights or seven seven, I believe. Thursday. Yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, I think uh, every Fringe show gets seven showings, I'm, but uh, they're not uh, consecutively. They're uh, yeah, your they're schedule kind of... is all over. You have like three afternoon plays and three evening plays, and yeah, and one uh, graveyard slot. And... <laughs> oh, that's oh my goodness! I'm glad I looked at the schedule. In my mind, it was opening on Sunday. It's no, it's opening Thursday, Thursday this yes. Thursday. Oh, I yes. better. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh no, I better. I better make sure. I've been. I've been uh, inviting people out to it, and of course, this is part of inviting people out to it. So <laughs> I'm going to make sure that people know. Yeah, it starts on Thursday. Yeah, it's spread out, um, and it's it's easy enough to get the schedule. I yes, uh, yes. Uh, it's there's a website that I think has. All the yeah. uh, schedules oh. on. I don't know the URL. Offhand, no, no. But, uh, let let me find it here. I'm sure it's in my uh, uh, info at theater erebusca So that's I, I will have a link on the on my uh, my heart remembers um, website for this as well. And there's a phone number which is nine zero five. Five four five five six zero zero. So people know. Um, I understand that these are things that you know, but you 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 have a lot to do, and so if you don't <laughs> if you don't remember, I totally get it. I understand. <laughs> I need the I need the sheet in front of me to to remember yeah. what what day the plays are on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, at some point, you're just going to be in the role. Yes. I guess for like uh, almost two weeks there. <laughs> yeah, just about two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. <laughs> it's so, uh, it's it's interesting too to for this uh, because uh, uh, unlike uh, John Hoffs and Danny Goldberg's characters, there's no really recordings that the public would know. Whereas Ivan Reitman has done a number of inter interviews. So I'm I'm sort of forced to uh, my mannerisms and, and vocal patterns and stuff like that are kind of set for me by what Ivan Reitman uh, the way he uh, moves and 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 talks. Whereas uh, 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 Brian and Greg get a little more latitude with uh, how they're able to interpret their characters. <laughs> oh, interesting. And I did want to, folks. I just wanted to fix that the play I saw was called "How Could You, Mrs. Dick?" Not, not Mrs. yes, just Mrs. Dick. I just, <laughs> I knew it was longer. I'm like, I just remember Mrs. Dick, and and it is, it is also based on a true story of um, a murder. That's a murder mystery. Yes. This is, yeah, this yeah. is. Well, that's what Brian's. Brian does a lot of plays about, like like the there was How Could You, Mrs. Dick, was about the Evelyn Dick. Uh, uh, murder John Dick uh, when he was killed, and then he uh, the last uh, fringe play that I did uh, that Brian had written was Under the Apple Tree, uh, 
which was about um, during the vaudeville era in Hamilton at uh, a, a theater which later became a movie theater called The Century, which is now torn down. And he had written a play about a shooting that happened after one of the shows where um, this actress and dancer in this show was uh, shot by a, a stagehand who had a crush on her for unrequited, unrequited love. Mm, that's, a, that's a big deal, love. It can be very dangerous. well you know most murders are committed by someone you know passion yeah 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 oh my goodness they're always scary doesn't matter Mm -hmm. you know how they happen um and you just never know somebody could just go berserk and you know i killed one person might as well kill more i'm just being silly now 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 brian um Brian is a writer, and he also works with other people's plays. So I've seen mm-hmm. both, both or rewrites or whatever. Uh, this yeah, one is yeah, slowly his. Yeah, right? written and directed by him. Yeah, yeah, and starring him. <laughs> oh, oh, wonderful! Wow. Yeah, yeah, that... he's playing the John Hobbs's character. So. Oh wow! Wow, and and yeah. and then a huge amount of research. Well, this is this is just really exciting. I. I I know that there are other plays. Do you know about any of the other plays at all? Are you so busy that you're like, I haven't, I've been so busy with this play that I haven't had a a chance to, to really search out what's uh, what, uh, what other plays are going on at the Zoetic. Yeah. Yeah. And just getting you here. I mean, I, I, I asked, for Brian, but I'm really happy to have you. I'm like, I'm like, wow, Brian. I, you know, I mean, I, it's he knows how much I, I really appreciate speaking to other creative people and people who have awe and wonder in their life. I mean, that's really what my show is about. That's 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 why we're here right now. <laughs> is that there are people in the world who still have that in their lives and they have a lot to share for Pete for people, mm-hmm. and often they for don't sure. know. So what else have you, uh, what have you found? How, 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 when did you just step into being an actor? Uh, it was about 10 years ago, I think. The, the first play was The Suicide. And uh, with Brian. Uh, that was at, at, at DLT. And DL, uh, DLT I, is uh, Dundas Little Theater. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. It's the theater in Dundas. And yep. uh, then I've just done a number of, uh plays uh uh acting in in uh the different theaters all around uh hamilton hamilton area hamilton in burlington oakville uh Waterdown kind of area yeah oh yeah because there are quite a few small ones yeah there are well. a lot of small theaters it's it's we have a really fantastic theater community in hamilton i'm very impressed with it which of course, I mean, um, they extended. When you say Hamilton, like you're saying, there's a lot of small villages. Yeah, yeah, a lot around. Yeah, yeah. And um, I often wonder, you know, I don't, I didn't get out much to, uh, obviously, uh, theater during COVID, and I didn't get the fringe at all, you know, for mm-hmm. a couple of years now, which is really strange for me. Um, maybe you could discuss fringe, uh, in general is a, is a, is a, they have it in Canada. Is it a worldwide thing or is it the United States? It is. I it's always... a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, it started in Edinburgh. Edinburgh had a huge, uh, a theater festival and I can't remember if it started in the sixties or seventies, but basically, um, 
the Ed- Edinburgh Theatre Festival was so huge and other playwrights wanted to be part of it, but there wasn't enough room in the venue. So they created, well, this is the fringe of the uh, yes. of the Edinburgh Festival. We're not officially uh, affiliated with the Edinburgh Theatre Festival, but we're at the fringes of it. And the Fringe Festival ended up taking over. <laughs> and so the yes. Edinburgh one is it's like, totally. still the big one. Yeah, yeah, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is still the big one to go to. Um, uh, Brian's done it once. Um, oh, wow. I have not. And I don't think I'd want to because <laughs> it just sounds like it's it's a lot of work for very little payoff. <laughs> it's 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 there are so many plays going on at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival that, you know, if you can get 10 people to come see your play, then you're a huge success because there's like hundreds of plays going on there. Yeah. And, you know, so Brian, it's actually more Brian, fun when it's. Yeah. Sorry. When ahead. it's uh, the smaller ones uh, around the world are, are a little bit more fun. Uh, and uh, there are artists that travel from all over the world to do yeah. fringe shows in, in different cities and different countries and stuff like wow. that. I remember seeing this guy from Australia um, about six years ago when I was part of the fringe in Hamilton. And he was just absolutely amazing. He had this, this show he did. And uh, yeah, it's was really. Was neat. it a one person? It was. He was playing. He he, he was doing very physical sort of uh, comedy. Oh, okay. uh, all his expressions and 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 body movements, and he was basically telling the story of this sort of dull, milk toast man who uh, one day takes a chance and does something different and, and out of the ordinary and how it totally mm. upsets his life and sets him on this path. It was really good. I can't remember what it was called. And I can't remember the, the actor, but I believe he was either from New Zealand or, or Australia. I think it was Australia. And that was, a, that was about six years ago, I think. Interesting. I wonder if I met him. <laughs> I have this strange feeling. He was tall. He was like super tall, like about okay. six, wow. seven, six, eight. Maybe it was just a poet I met from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was doing poetry, but I yeah okay. So someone else. That's really wonderful. That would be an, an uh, that would be something we're seeing, and, and that's something I want to say, folks, is that um, that 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 the fringes are not are the fringes. It, it still is fringe, right? There's still mm-hmm. parameters they're upholding. Though I don't know if we have. Uh, I mean, maybe Edinburgh. You know, well, the, the the Fringe Festival has, theater, has, but we yeah, don't even the, have one, right? The 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 Fringe Festival, um, uh, there's no uh, judging that goes on, right? You don't. Uh, it's not like other theater festivals where you submit your play to a panel of judges and they pick the ones that that go on. The the Fringe Festival is totally by lottery. So you you uh, sort of sign up to want to do a show. They pick a bunch of them out of the hat and those are the shows that that get to go on and uh there will be other people that will be on standby in case one of those uh one of those plays cancel on them and stuff like that there was one year i did a a a fringe play i can't remember which one it was and we weren't actually one of the ones that won the lottery we were one of the ones on standby but there's usually about four plays that drop out a year so the first four people on standby usually get their play put on (laughs) That's yeah. Wow. Well, I can imagine, like you said, there's, there's no judgment or no judging before they get in there. No, so no, it's there just can be 
whole wealth of things could stop your play. From oh yeah, up. there's and, and there's all sorts of variety in fringe acts too, right? Ventriloquists. Yeah, uh, it's oh, it's, oh it's like really actually creative. in the plays, yeah. Like yeah, it's like the well, you know, it's the 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 no, type of plays and stuff. Yeah, everyone I've seen is totally different. Everyone I've yeah. seen has had a completely different uh, um, uh, venue. Like I yeah. haven't just gone to one venue and seen it, seen a play at one place. Every single time I've gone or, or been around or been involved, it's always got this really unique uh, 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 edge to it. Even though they yes, do yes, use, very much. Yeah, yeah. Even though they do use traditional theater as well. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Wow. That's that in itself is an incredible story. And I didn't realize it was Edinburgh. I did know I did. I don't I, you know, theater is not my uh, full full life jam, but there are people like you who work in it. And and like I said, I was thinking, you know, I could see why Brian would want to go to Edinburgh and do it, you know, is to to get the full experience of it. Oh, yeah, he did. Know? And uh, it. Yeah. Uh cost a fortune <laughs> cost a fortune to get out there and uh he uh, i remember this this is the story uh, i guess you'd talk to him to to correct any inaccuracies but the i can't remember what play it was he was telling me about but yeah they went to the edinburgh fringe festival and they had like 10 people in their audience right for each show oh. and and he was like, oh, my gosh, like this play did so well in Canada and we're only getting 10 people. And then the people that were uh, from Edinburgh and part of this Fringe Festival were like, oh, my gosh, you've got the most successful play at the festival. You're like, man, I wish we could get 10 people in our audience every night because the average audience size was like three or four people. Because Are you there's serious? Just so, yeah, because there's so many plays going on. Oh wow! At, at any one given wow. time, that, that it, it it just got the the festival so big. I don't know if they've done anything to uh, reduce that or not, but uh, <laughs> well, I, I I don't know. I, I I guess that when I would encourage people maybe to go to Edinburgh to see the place. Then oh yeah, <laughs> is now it, it it's it's also kind of fringe season. It's a season, right? It's yeah, not yeah. It's not like every fringe festival and every area does it at the exact same time no no because uh, a lot of artists will do the entire fringe season right so they'll travel from you know new zealand to australia to england and scotland and canada and united states and stuff like that right so yeah that well which which is 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 fascinating really and i i thought that i thought i saw in my mind i thought well, I know it's kind of not just Canada, um, but I know it's big in, you know, it's a big thing in theater in Canada. And mm -hmm. I imagine, you know, artists from Canada possibly going across Canada, but it would make more sense oh, yeah. to mm -hmm. go to other countries. It really would. Well, we, yeah. And then with the, the we get a lot of uh, uh, Toronto, uh, Hamilton. Uh, so a guy will do a, sh a show in, in Toronto and then do a, one right afterwards in Hamilton for the Fringe if, if they get into both. Oh, because they're uh, fairly close. At, um, yeah. At, yeah. Yeah. And I, I used to I used to do uh, Fringe shows when I lived in Toronto or when I first moved here, I was, I'd be going into Toronto. But uh, and I, I did a lot of theater 
before I started acting, but always working as a musician and a composer, uh, not not as uh, an actor. <laughs> well, I mean, you you get to know. I mean, everything comes together at some point, so mm -hmm. you, you really get to well, know uh, it by Brian doing anything. A, mm -hmm. And Brian had made a very uh, a good point. Like the reason why he got me without uh, an audition was because he's he knows I can. Uh, uh, command attention on the stage, right. From working as a musician with them and stuff. So he knew I had a good, I was very, very comfortable on stage and had a good, good stage presence. And he said, uh, it's also, it's very, it's much easier to teach a musician how to act than it is to teach an actor how to sing. So for, oh. for musical, musical, uh, no, uh theater and stuff sense. like that. And wow. it, yeah. it's, it, it it works good no. for me because I am a musical performer, right? And it's yeah, like yeah, oh, that and, makes and, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, uh, but Brian Brian is both as well, right? Yes, he, yes, very yeah. much. And he's, yeah, he's in fact, adapt. I didn't even know he yeah. was involved in theater until after I'd already done shows with him as a him as a musician, right? Oh, wow, that's really neat. Yeah, that, that I mean, when I met him, it was fully about theater, but I mean, I write and compose and have released albums. And at that point I'd, um, I was in the midst of doing that kind of thing. So, you know, he would chat with me about music as well. Um, yeah, that's really, that's really cool. And I, so I knew him on both sides. Yeah. He's, uh, there's so much more, there's so much more to mm -hmm. anyone in, in who, I mean, if you're going to, uh, uh, take on this art form, uh, the acting theater, the whole thing, then you, you really have to be learned. That's that's all I <laughs> you really do at some point, right? Uh, um, even obviously actors in films, there's a degree where they really, really have to learn a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's pretty neat. It's a uh, uh, long time ago. I looked at it and I, uh, not to even really do it just to get a sense of what, what goes on behind uh, the, when I was young, like a young girl. And I went, well, how do you, what do you do to learn to act? And I heard, well, you do this, you know, you do, uh, you, you do training, physical training, you, do, you learn music, you, do, you learn uh, <laughs> fencing, you learn how to use swords. You, the list kept going. And I'm like, is there an end to that? I'm like, I guess not when I, you start I watching. Used to love, right? When I, um, in the eighties, I went to Humber college for audiovisual production and Humber College also had a theater program, and I used to always get a kick out of um, uh, watching the theater students do their uh, theatrical fencing lessons. Because oh, yeah. theatrical fencing is different from real fencing. Of course, yeah. Uh, and uh, well, it would and have to be safer. Yes, <laughs> a lot safer. Your goal is not to stab the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But make not it look like you did. Yeah, right, make it they, just yeah. make it look like you did. Yeah, and so I I used to always think that was so cool. I remember uh, watching the 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 drama students there. There was this uh, um, little sort of amphitheater place at uh, on the campus, and they you would do their 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 fencing uh, 
lessons in there and i would see them on, at on my lunch break <laughs> and i thought that was so cool yeah almost, that would have been really neat almost made me want to change majors just so i could do that fencing stuff <laughs> yeah i get you yeah yeah just to learn how to do that oh my goodness because there is i don't know i'm fascinated with uh fencing i have done sword work i mean i i do martial arts so there's a point where we start working with swords which is mm-hmm. not the same at all as no. as fencing yeah yeah very very different wow yeah that would be neat to see um i love outdoor theater it's uh have yes. you ever done any um have i um theater no i've not done i've not done any outdoor plays i've i've done a lot of concerts outdoors but never oh yeah play. music yeah. yeah 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 so what do you go under when you're doing music then what do you work uh what oh, if people want to see you Oh, it's, um, well, I have, I have some, uh, um, like usually it's, it's, it's just, uh, uh, Chris Cracknell, right. Is, is okay. when I'm working as a musician, uh, some people call me by my nickname crackers cause my last name Cracknell. So ever yeah. since I was four years old, everyone's called me crackers, but, um, uh, uh-huh. I have some friends and we've, we've got a, a band we're in together, uh, called, uh, Babbage Industries and, uh, Babbage. kind of. Uh, folky a- uh, sort of uh, sound on that one. Babbage? Yes, it's after Babbage, Charles Babbage. <laughs> oh, okay, I don't know that name. Mm. Uh, he invented name? the uh, the first analog computer, the uh, oh, okay. the uh, wow. analytic yes. machine in the in the eighteen hundreds, all made out of gears and stuff like no, that. Never yeah. never completed. Yes, yes, yeah. I do know that. Yes, why well, I and, couldn't uh, think the- of an interesting name. <laughs> well, my my friend uh, Peter Lloyd, who is the guitarist in in this group, and he writes a lot of the songs. He's also a writer, and he had uh, written this one uh, uh, novel, science fiction novel that I really liked. And part of it was steampunk, and uh, in that he had Charles Babbage as a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, with yeah. Babbage Industries was uh, the 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 big company and in in this novel and and so I, I I so liked it so much I said oh, why don't we use Babbage Industries as the name of our uh, our band Yeah okay wonderful yeah yeah it's Babbage uh, that would be a neat character um, and I I do recall that uh, name now it Well the irony is there. Charles Babbage didn't like music. Um, he felt it was a, a sort of frivolous waste of human intellect and that's, and that someday his computers would be making music if you wanted music and you wouldn't have to waste well. a human brain doing that. <laughs> so it adds, a, it adds well. a level of irony to, to our band using that as our, as our name. <laughs> It really does. You know, I, I, as uh, music is like my main thing. And for me, uh, I'm told I'm, uh, what is that? I have synesthesia, I'm told. I don't believe it, but that's what Oh, yeah, say. that's where you see. Uh, I see music. You see, uh, well, it's, it's, it's you, synesthesia is um, basically when one sense bleeds into yes. another sense. So yes. it, for some people, they smell sound. And Mm -hmm. I, when I, and, and it's, it's common for children to have it. So when I was, when I was a a kid, smells had colors to them. And I can remember the, the smell of gasoline was orange and the smell of chocolate was red when, when I was a kid. Oh, okay. So children. When I was about 
six okay. years old that that sort of faded away and I no longer had that 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 sort of bleed uh, from my my sense of smell into my sense of sight. Oh, but I yeah, didn't that's lose a, much of it. I still have a, a, a very vast, uh, but to me, music is mechanical stuff. I also, um, I excel and actually studied uh, STEM, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, if, you know, I, I, that's why I do know Babbage's name, right? Because I, I, uh, he's an important uh, figure in, you know, the uh, contemporary world of, uh, of STEM, right? There's, but uh, um <laughs> as well as uh, many other different things. But, um, and I worked, you know, uh, in that, in, in a, without the university, just uh, levels of STEM. And, uh, uh, but at the same time, I always wrote music and I always, to me, they're, they're so connected that, like I, I always thought it was normal that you see music, right? You can, I can smell it, I can see it, I can taste it, it's all there. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like, like whether I'm listening to something else, that's why I love live things. But even when I'm listening to a great recording or if I'm playing, then yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was normal. And I was told recently, no, Zena, <laughs> like by a doctor, no, that's synesthesia. Zena. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, very rare in adults. Uh Oh, well, there you go. I'm still a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it never went away. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it is what drives me to do the show is to uh chat with people who um have uh like i said awe and wonder still in their lives and um you know it's really hard to meet people in theater who don't you know just in, because no matter what it's not so, it, i mean there are people who've managed to make a living at doing it through canada plenty of them and they're quite brilliant uh, at, at the same time you know um there is a love for it that is so deep that um you know you can't you can't explain it to someone but i really would love if you could speak about that a bit about uh, what my love a deep, of uh... a deep, deep love of of say performance and oh yeah uh, uh, theater pretty much all art forms uh since i was very very young uh i drawn to uh painting drawing uh uh acting you know in school plays and stuff like that I, i i didn't do it uh uh you know professionally until you know brian got got me into a play <laughs> and then that that's when i started acting as well uh i'd done a lot of music uh in in theater though before that but yeah yeah exactly i and 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 it's in it's in part of who you are oh for sure for yeah. sure it's uh, i i wouldn't be me without it it's uh, oh, uh well. <laughs> basically yeah just you know like what got me through these this these last two years of 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 all this nonsense that we've been going through was just the fact that i could at least uh uh lock myself in my room with all my synthesizers and uh keep myself uh sort of creatively uh stimulated for the this whole two years where there's been no uh, live performances or very few yeah yeah well it was too dangerous but um uh I, there are there are things I saw happening that were really, really creative using different ways of presenting works um, online, you know, to keep communities going. You oh, know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, thinking of the, um, geez, what are they called? 
there's a group of uh, people who in Dundas, I know a few of them, uh, and they just, they just, you know, every week they would uh, each post if when they felt up to it, but they they pick topics and they'd post videos of them playing songs. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty private, you know, it wasn't uh, public. Uh, you know, it's honestly, I've been having so much fun on my own uh, right now, just uh, making silly videos and putting them on YouTube. <laughs> See, this is what happens is that somebody who has freedom. It's just freedom, so yeah. fun, you know, and it doesn't matter how stupid they are. It's just like I'm having fun doing this. They're on YouTube? Oh, Did yeah. Did you say? Yeah. Okay, so people... Yeah. What what is the name of the channel? Oh, it's well the 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 videos I've been making now. It's it's I've basically been taking a a a, a, a trial account uh, free free to play World of Warcraft character, uh, and I've been having her travel through the world of World of Warcraft and pretending she's just an NPC like all the other NPCs and well, having, you uh, you have some really unusual comedy as well. I mean, I. I... <laughs> I, I just read one about. Um, I, I went to your website, which was oh, yes. uh, uh, what was it called? It had it, it, uh, the second, the one page. I can't remember the name of it. It's really unusual web page. Actually, I liked it. <laughs> um, it was like the one page was a. It was it was a an equation with the brackets, but no equation, no numbers or anything like that. Just the brackets, and I don't even think it had pluses or whatever. It was just this jumble of of uh signs or symbols sorry um oh yeah and then is this this is yours or your son's is i don't that... think so <laughs> it it's doesn't ring a bell <laughs> really what it's from your uh your your uh what the heck i've got it from your facebook page the the link uh oh now i'm gonna oh, really? go there yeah uh, you didn't. You didn't know. Maybe somebody made. <laughs> now I have to look. Yeah, at it. I don't know. No, oh, like, you know what? Uh, it could be too that um, some of the uh, some of the the links that I have on my my Facebook page are from websites that are gone, <laughs> like that I no longer maintain. So it might be uh, uh, somebody else camping on that oh, URL. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, really? You think so? That would be that would be interesting. That makes it even more interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I want to go there. Uh, was it Ghastly uh, Comic? Is that oh, uh, Ghastly, Ghastly? Oh my gosh, that's, that, that's an old yeah. website. Yeah. yeah, that was now, that was my now my first on, on first right. There's there's, yeah, like there's it's, home. yeah, it's it's it. That was a web comic I did back in the very early two thousand. No, I love um, it. And you it know, was basically making fun of, uh, like, having fun with uh, different uh, uh, Japanese uh, hentai yeah. comics and stuff like that. Yes, and, and yes. Just the, all these, all these tropes, anime oh tropes. Oh my goodness! And stuff like I, that. I, that comic I get it was, now. yeah, it was. Uh, I did that one. That one was big when I did it, and now I'm like a complete has been. Nobody even even remembers it existed. But I used to get invited to conventions all over North America well, and it, stuff. It's like brilliant. And, and I, I, you know, getting to meet real celebrities and stuff like that in the green room and all, all that sort of fun stuff. Yeah, that was a yeah, that uh, I stopped doing that comic around 2006 or so. But yeah, it's and, still up there somewhere. Was, it was called uh, by Gasly. Gasly's Gasly Comic. 
Uh, and, it was called Cassidy's uh, Ghastly Comic Tentacle Monsters and the Women Who Love Them. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, it it use it just folks just know that it's it's quite brilliant and it uses um, uh, characters. I realize it now. I'm looking again at it. Characters. Um, uh, what the what the heck? You're using the symbols on the on the on the keyboard where you make all different types of symbols. And that's what it's gotten. So uh, this particular one has a, a bunch of faces by a little rabbit. And then it says, oh. uh, just what Jeez. the hell was that, right? That's the kitty yeah, cat. That's the, uh, yeah. And he that's, says, um, the rabbit says, Stephen Hawking's uh, uh, sweating to the oldies. Yeah, that wasn't even then, the main, that wasn't even the main comic on that site. Those were, those ASCII animals were what I did if, if, um, cause I would publish once a week and if I didn't have time that week to draw a comic, I just do these little comics using oh, characters like that made out of ASCII. I like it. It's, it's brilliant. It's, it's a, it's a testament to brilliance and I'm not surprised. So <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine Brian working with people who aren't, it would be hard for Brian. To be honest <laughs> with you. No, it would. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot of fun, but not that kind of brilliance. So I would, you know, I have a different kind. And uh, and I know there were, and I'm not very uh, illiterate pop-wise, which I'm, I'm, as a matter of fact, I am pop illiterate. So you're, <laughs> you could name those, right? Those Japanese uh, characters. And uh, as you're saying, they're called ASCII. Well, uh, I don't actually have any uh, any anime characters in the in that old strip. Um, no, from oh, no. Okay. from Japanese, they're they're. I just drew it in that kind of style, and uh, sort of made fun of the the anime, different anime tropes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, 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 that's part of who you are is having a, a, a pretty <laughs> a good sense of humor. <laughs> a weird sense of humor. <laughs> I don't well, know about I, good, but it's definitely weird. <laughs> well, I guess I'm using good, you know, as uh, yeah. to, um, to describe that yeah. uh, in a general sense. And I, I mean good in the sense that it's there. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, because a lot of people It was don't. popular, though. When I, when I did that strip, it was, it was very, very popular. It got... It got me invited to a, a lot of uh, neat places, so it was fun. It was a fun period of my life. <laughs> that that's wonderful, and it's. It, I mean, that's something that uh, you should check out your links. <laughs> <laughs> you check out your links, um, and just so that you can have some fun again with them. Um, <clears throat> in the in the meantime. <clears throat> I, I often um, ask my guests if there's something they have to offer people out there who may be struggling, um, you know, in in the world that that uh, works for you. For me, um, yeah. uh, struggling like through the day day to day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess. Uh, since marijuana became legal, I've been using it to treat my obsessive compulsive disorder. So that's been, that's been very handy. Uh, uh, that helps but with that. It does. It does. I, I, you know, I mean, I went through all my life without using it until it became legal. And, uh, it's like, Oh my gosh, I should have had this when I was, <laughs> I could have saved myself a lot okay. of anguish. Maybe you could explain to me. Um, maybe I don't quite understand 
the name obsessive compulsive what exactly excessive compulsive disorder it's uh, uh neural yeah. it's a neurodivergent uh uh disorder um uh, basically the corpus callosum in my brain is a little bit bigger than it should be so it yeah. sends information between the two hemispheres of your brain it sends information way faster than it should um and uh as a result oh it, so you have trouble sometimes, focusing sometimes well, this is more, uh, you, it's, the it's, there's two aspect, aspects to it. It's the, there's the obsessive part yeah. and the compulsions. And so the obsessive part is you will suddenly get a very disturbing thought pops into your head out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And it, it so shocks you that this thought is in your head that you begin performing compulsions to distract you from um the 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 obsessive thought right that that keeps okay. intruding I, and, I, um, I did have epilepsy i mean i guess i still have it but i haven't had a seizure in many years mm -hmm. like many 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 years yeah um and uh it does start with a an, some kind of thought that uh and a physical tick or whatever right so i'm but i'm also aware of how you have no control in a sense over what is happening mm -hmm. Yeah, the, and it's the the effort to gain control that causes the compulsive behavior. So, yeah. like people who uh, this isn't a, uh, a compulsion I have, but some people when they enter a room, they have to flick a light switch a certain number of times, right? Yeah, yeah. And they do this because it gets rid of some horrible thought that they have uh, coming in. Uh, into their mind it could be a thought of harm to themselves it could be a thought of harm to other people uh stuff like that so there's a right balance uh um of the type of uh cannabis you know that you i have, have found. no idea about the types i guess um i'm well, just I mean, I mean micro, micro dosing like uh, oh, yeah, i'm yeah, yeah. just okay. i just buy gummies and i take one gummy and then i go to bed and then it's <laughs> that yeah. it's fine when i wake up in the morning and kind it has of thing. helped like you relax it's, more while you're sleeping is what you're saying? Um, no, it's just uh, for some reason um, I don't get upset, right? When you have uh, um, uh, uh, forbidden thought OCD where the obsessive thought comes in is um, they usually fall in one of three ca categories, a, uh, uh, a thought of violence, a thought of, of uh, a sexually inappropriate nature, or a thought of, of a blasphemic uh, na nature uh, are, the, are sort of like the three big ones. And, You're saying uh, in general that is what happens for Well, people. it would just be like... Uh, like an example might be you're walking down the street and you see a church and it's got a big stained glass window and you, the thought comes into your head of throwing a rock through that window. And then that oh, horrifies yeah. you, right? Cause it's like, it I would never do that. I would yeah. never ever do that. Right. And that's oh. the thing with obsessive compulsive disorder is you're never a danger of doing the obsessive thought, right? Yeah. If, if yeah. You, but you, it convinces you you're a sociopath, right? And you're 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 a terrible, terrible person. So you and so watch you start yourself doing, and... yeah, you start doing compulsive behavior so that you don't think that thought. I'm not going to think that thought and, and stuff like that. And so uh, yeah, I suffered yeah. Uh, 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 obsessive compulsive disorder uh, 
for since childhood, but it was undiagnosed until I was in uh, in my 40s and I had a mental breakdown. And that's actually well, yeah. what ended my career as a comic artist. Uh, I stopped doing the comic after I had my mental breakdown. Oh. And, uh, and so it's been a, a very long road to recovery uh, from that. But uh, working in theater has really helped a lot too. Okay. Uh, it's It's been just you know, being part of a community like that, like the theater community in Hamilton is, is very strong, very close knit and, and stuff like that is, has been very, very helpful too for, uh, for treating my obsessive compulsive disorder. So is it, is it, uh, do they have a sense of what causes this? Is it a physical well, uh, it's, disability it's different of... with each piece. So, like in in my okay. case, it's the yeah. the corpus callosum in my brain, which is the the it's like you a uh, fibrous yeah. bundle that connects the two hemispheres, the, the yep. left and right hemispheres of your brain. Mine's too big, and so it the the two halves okay. of the brain communicate really quickly, and then stray thoughts will sometimes because uh, you have about forty thousand thoughts uh, a day. But mm-hmm. you're not actively consciously aware of all those thoughts because you yeah. have a filter in your brain that basically says this thought's unimportant and this p- thought is important. So pay attention to this thought, but don't pay attention to this thought. This is unimportant. And with uh, uh, my type of uh, uh, OCD, um, unimportant thoughts s- accidentally get past that filter that that. Mm-hmm blocks an unimportant thought and gets yeah. put into the into the this is important you have to pay attention to this category and so that that creates a, a lot of anxiety disorders uh well that's what i'm wondering that. if you if you actually have a, a difficulty sleeping because that's when all that oh, stuff much is being... much di- much difficulty sleeping I yeah have, because uh, that's that time of day when your mind is actually kind of collating oh, yeah, things it's, it's terrible them, but yours would be <laughs> a little messed up or yeah uh, very much uh, so oh sweetie my goodness, I'm glad but you got that. That's where the, the, the yeah. legalized marijuana comes in really great for that. So that has helped. Did the doctors recommend it for you? or? Well, it was when I was uh, first in therapy after my breakdown. Um, and at that point, uh, marijuana was legal in Canada medicinally, but not recreationally. Yeah. yeah. And my therapist said, for people with your type of OCD, um, medical marijuana has a 50-50 uh, record for fifty percent of the people, it makes wow, it better. For fifty percent of the people, it makes it worse. Yeah. Okay. I so get it. she was like, "Let's. Yeah. If you want to, we can give it a try and see yeah. if it works for you." And I was like, "No, no, I, I don't want to do that because in my mind, with, with obsessive compulsive disorder, one of the things is you have a very, very heightened sense of risk assessment. Yeah. Um, and and so if something seems like it." If something only has a 1% chance of a bad thing happening, in your mind, that feels like a 91% chance of a bad yeah, yeah, thing yeah. happening. It's, it's you're, 50, you're very over, yeah. That you're going to so, be on the side it doesn't work for and you'll never get rid well, of it. Well, it wasn't even so you know, much that. I was more yeah. worried about that. What would happen if marijuana is only legal med- medicinally and somehow I have a gummy in my pocket and the cops stop me for some reason, and oh, they find yeah. this gummy, and I can't. Prefer- and it's it's a ridiculous thought. It's an utterly ridiculous thought. But 
when you have OCD, that thought seems like, yeah, that could happen. That could totally happen. And it will happen. It will happen to me. I know for a fact it will happen to me, right? It's, it's, it's it's sure thing that that's going to happen. So I, I, I told her, no, I, I really not comfortable doing that. Uh, maybe if someday, if, if it's, 100% 100% legal. I'll try it, but yeah. until it is, I'm not not even going to do that. And so once oh. it became 100% legal, I was like, "All that right, 50/50 chance, I'll try it out." <laughs> so the first time first time I took a gummy, I took a gummy and I didn't really feel anything, and then I uh, uh I went to sleep and then I woke up with the worst panic attack of my life. Oh wow. And I said to myself, Look, what did your doctor teach you? 50-50 chance this is going to work. And what did you do? You went and did it. Now you're having the worst panic attack of your life. And it's all because you went and did it. And then I'm sitting there going, well, wait a minute. You have panic attacks like all the time. You don't even know that it's the marijuana causing this panic attack. Oh, great. What do you do when you have a panic attack, right? What do you do? You 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 learn skills when you are in you, therapy, you, so you start you using those skills, you and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm yeah, like, yeah, I'm like I'm 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 doing my skills that I learned in therapy, yeah, and I I'm not beating myself up over over having the panic attack, which I normally do, right? Like, oh come on, oh, this is stupid. Yes. Why are you panicking? Why are you panicking? There's nothing to be worried about. What are you, an idiot? And oh, all that yes. negative yeah. voice inside my head. Yeah. was gone right and it was just dude you're having a panic attack you've had millions of these things before you learn the skills how to deal with them just deal with it yeah. so i did that i i i went through my skills dealt with the panic attack and then afterwards i was like wow this is kind of an interesting state of consciousness uh being being high on the marijuana let's explore that a bit too so uh, the ability <laughs> to actually observe it a little bit is a change it is. It was really, really, and really that is huge. Something, yeah. And it's something that, um, like I traditionally in the spiritual teachings, that's exactly where they want you to go. Yeah. Right. And cannabis is one of the few things um, that actually, like you're saying in micro doses, I've, I've done that myself over the years and found it was very calming, but I would have freak out, like you're saying, and be able to, because I, I have yeah, just shut peace. it down. Right. <laughs> it's like, yep. What's what's oh, what's the difference, man? You have you have them sober, you have them stoned. It's a panic attack. You learn the skills to deal with it. Start doing your box breathing. Start centering yourself and and, and deal with it. And, and the uh, cannabis like, helps you to focus on it to actually, or to be able to see that you're doing it and do it. It, it just makes me not um, go to this voice in my head that always blames me for everything. Right? That that this is your fault. This is, you know you're a horrible, horrible person and you deserve this. That's happening to you. All this, all this stuff. Yeah. And it's just the sort of like this bully voice that over my life, I, I developed in my head that began to take over it. Well, and well, and you, you gives have, me a much more grounded voice in, you, inside my head. You were having incidents that were extreme. And so, you know, often we, we, we get upset at ourselves. Everyone does it to a degree, but for you, yours seem, yours are, were, are more extreme and it is a physical thing. I'm really glad that uh, a doctor finally said, let's, let's figure this out, you know, and well, found that's it for you. The, the thing that bothers me is, um, with the, the whole prohibition 
is uh, how many decades of medical research have we lost out on, right? That oh, tons yeah. could have, could have yeah. been examining this, right? When yeah. what other what other uh, uh, oh, uh, pharmaceuticals that we've decided yeah. are illegal actually have mm-hmm. therapeutic uses? If yep. you're controlled when you take them, right? If yep. and and how many people have you know, like they they keep talking about marijuana as a gateway drug, and it's like most of the people I've known that were doing it recreationally before it was illegal, they didn't do anything other than it. And the ones that did, they only did it because the person they were buying it from didn't have it. And so, well, let me get you hooked on this thing instead, right? Whereas if if they had just made it legal from the beginning, uh, that whole criminal element to, to, to it that that comes from prohibition uh, stuff that gave us you know like uh, the 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 gangsters of chicago al capone and stuff like that when they they tried prohibition for alcohol and and eventually realized it didn't work well it's it doesn't work with the other stuff too <laughs> and it's, it's yeah good. yeah there are places that are starting to make uh, uh it's starting all. to make yeah. Portugal first for it was one of the first nations i believe or the first nation to say okay it's it's not a crime um, yeah, it's, not, it's something you're doing, and uh, then they 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 manage it. Uh, as, yeah, yeah, as exactly. a human, human situation, and I know there's somewhere else right now. I'm sorry, I don't recall where, but somewhere else that's doing this as well. Um, and I mean, there's a point where uh, people don't want to tell anyone, right? If it's causing them problems. Yeah. Right. But then they end. Like I know people who have ended up in hospitals dying. You know, not not from cannabis, obviously, or, at yeah. all, but certain other things. You know, alcohol and other drugs, um, because they were they they uh, they were self medicating first. But you know, yeah. that's what's going on. Most of the, the majority of the people I know who are on really dangerous drugs, the ones I generally personally know have had just horrific traumas, right? Alcohol yeah, as well, it's a, and yeah. uh, it's a way of self medicating. But I mean, they're 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 left in a position where they're an outcast. You know. All those terrible thoughts in your head are real to the world around in the world around you. When you're having those horrible thoughts, they're actually real. You know that that uh, I'm I'm bad. I'm this or that. I shouldn't do that kind of thing. And it's real because the world says it is. It's not real, but you know, <laughs> I mean, they don't have to have OCD to have those crazy thoughts. When and they're not gonna <laughs> not gonna tell anyone, right? Because it's or no. if they do, it's uh, are they? I, I understand a, a a bit, you know, um, about. Uh, these things because I kind of, I keep myself open. I have a lot of friends who have, who are diagnosed as well with many different types of uh, uh, things from schizophrenia to brain injuries uh, to, you know, all kinds of things. And uh, it's, it's not a big deal to me. I, I realize now that for other people, they get really anxious. You know, I had epilepsy for a long time and I got a lot of weirdness from that, right? Serious, serious weirdness that people would give me because I had that. And I'm finding nowadays, you know, because there's people who are willing to chat about what's happening to them, like like you are right now, that really helps other people. You know? Yeah, it's it's also it's uh, if you if you're open about who you are um, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like this, this this is one of the you know the things I learned through therapy was just you know who you are is who you are, right? Yep. And, and so own exactly. that. And and, yep. and 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 when when you're you you're honest about who you are, people can't use things to to hurt you. Like uh, if you closet them, 
that it can be used to hurt you, right? That's something yeah, well, you're ashamed that's exactly of and, and, it, and, right? and something yeah. you hide from. Now, people, if they find it, they can use that to hurt you. But if you're totally open with it, which I am uh, with my mental illness, um, and and you own it, it's, it's, it's part of who I am. It's, it doesn't define me, but it is a part of who I am, is my obsessive compulsive disorder. And so when you just own things like that, uh, it, it removes that anxiety of people finding out you're crazy. You're nuts. You're you're bonkers, well, that is, right? You're, that is what the and, world and they can, would it, say. It, this is right? just what I am, right? Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, it's very helpful to to just come out and own who you are. That it, it's just. I, I went to Newfoundland uh, recently, and when when I was there, um, we were checking into a, a hotel, and I just suddenly was. I, I, I've been diagnosed with with severe PTSD. And I was having real issues just trying to figure out what was going on. I couldn't understand it. Thankfully, I had people there uh, who were taking care of it as well because they were staying in the same with me in the same place. And I just kind of like, I, I was kind of freaking out and I turned and I said, I gotta go, gotta go, right? Meanwhile, I gotta check in. And they're like, go ahead, Zina, I'll take care of it. So I went outside and I felt really awkward because, uh, because I was worried that the women who were checking us in thought that I, you know, they may have thought that it had something to do with them or that I was, you know, upset with them in some way. Right. And I went in mm -hmm. to say, to say something to them, to, uh, to apologize or whatever, just to let them know. And, and of course the people I was with, it said, Zina has PTSD and she's obviously having one of her things. She's gone outside. She's going to take care of herself. Right. They didn't, I didn't need someone there at the moment. And they knew that, you know, they knew me well enough to know that. Right. Um, and I did, I just went out and did some yoga and, uh, came back in and I, I chatted with the two women and I had the most loving tear jerking experience I've had in my life. And they said, they told me the stories of when they first had panic attacks. And they said, mm -hmm. if we don't, if we don't talk about them, the two, these two women, they said, if we don't talk about these things, then it kills us. It hurts us. Yeah, it does. It, uh, it poisons you from the inside. Uh, I was able to uh, uh, basically be closeted uh, with my mental uh, disorder until my 40s, right? And uh, I remember my th therapist was telling me that uh, most people with uh, OCD, they get diagnosed in their 30s. And so it's very rare to uh, actually go as as long as your forties to to uh, to uh, hold off that 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 breakdown that finally gets you into uh, therapy and gets you uh, uh, a testament to your strength of character and nature and whatnot and and many more things the sense of humor I know that that is you know it could be your downfall as well depending on how you're using your humor <laughs> but it can like laughter in your life so there are things like um, like that, that music that helped you and, and studying and do you, but hiding it oh, is for the, sure. thing that yeah. is the most, as they're saying, hiding it is the most. That was what poisoned me the most from the inside was, was just being, uh, you know, hiding who I am, right. Being ashamed yeah. of who I am and stuff like that. And yeah. when, and I honestly, I have, there's nothing to be ashamed of, uh, it's just a genetic disorder that I happen to be one of the unlucky people who have it. And, yeah. you know, I'm coping with it. <laughs> so beautiful to hear the, the this, you know, being said um, 
as you know, more and more and more, but I can't thank you enough for all that you've shared with, with us here. It's, oh, it's, it was uh, fun. Yeah, I'm sorry. Brian couldn't make it. He, he's he, Brian would be a, a good, good one to interview. He's always got tons of good stories, uh, especially about oh, yeah. uh, Hamilton, Hamilton yeah. and uh, the movie industry and the theater industry and stuff like that. And he's, he's always a good one to, if you can uh, find him at a bar, buy him a pint and he'll uh, talk your ear off with uh, some interesting uh, bit of uh, trivia. You didn't know about this city and it, it's, it's arts community. <laughs> Definitely, definitely a, a brilliant person, by the way, folks, is Brian Morton. And I, I haven't met anyone around him working with him who also isn't brilliant. So I thank you so much, Chris Cracknell. This is going to be an amazing uh, uh, play. I, I know it. I, I can feel it. You know? <laughs> I really, I, I, and, and speaking to you is only like heightening that sense of, it's called The Night They Raided McMaster. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, uh, it's, it, 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 it's about smut. No, I'm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's about not. art, not smut. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, uh, 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 this film, uh, if it were played on HBO, would be no it's, problems. It would nowadays. be. I mean, they were showing rougher it, right? stuff on on city TV in the eighties, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So, That's what I'm saying. It was. Yeah. It's. You'll actually get to see the movie um, as much of it as has survived oh, and been reconstructed. It's the, the the way this play works is it's almost like watching a play that turns into a director's commentary on a DVD and then oh. turns back into a play and then back into a director's commentary on DVD and then back into a play. So the while we're talking, the actual movies we're talking about are playing on a screen behind us. Oh, so perfect. you will actually get to see. Um, this movie, which, uh, or what has survived of this movie, um, that right. has, has, uh, you know, was the, the first and only, uh, obscenity conviction in Canada for, for, oh, for a movie. The only one. The, first the only and one, only first one. and only. Yeah. But we, we both know uh, uh, that as well, they had defied the law, right? That they were supposed to send it off and have it viewed by this uh, old, this this uh, middle-aged woman who's a uh, uh, virgin. <laughs> <Joking>. <laughs> I don't like to put down women. Um, yeah. Because being that I am one, um, you know, I don't really, uh, just so you know, I, I, I yeah. don't really relate to gender. I, it's to th is it, but, you know, I uh, I was given the name Zena. Zena actually means woman, so I, I just stick with it. Um, yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, back to the... Uh, um, the whole thing there of uh, of it being not it's 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 certainly not salacious is what I'm going to say. No, it's it's very tame and it's actually very artsy. It's like super super artsy. So the it's a lot of black and white, high contrast, uh, mm, uh, lovely, you know, stuff like this. So it's like some of the shots are very very beautiful, but like there's there's no, I mean, it's not a porn. It's not a porn. It's yeah, uh, like I was saying, uh, City TV showed way worse stuff in the eighties on 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 their late great is that, movies. Is that the blue blue movies as well as I mentioned? Was yeah, that on that, City yeah, or was that, that somewhere the baby else? Blues? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this would this yeah. would have been a baby blue movie, like at most. <laughs> At most, and probably less. Oh, well, I'm very excited about it. I'm going to be seeing it uh, this coming Thursday. Um, there's uh, seven 
viewings during the Fringe Festival in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I highly recommend you uh, check it out um, as as soon as possible. No, as soon as possible. Where's my brain going? Um, I, I highly recommend you 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 take an evening or afternoon because I mean some of them are at noon on a Sunday. One of them, sorry, not some of them. Yeah, there, you'll always be able. To, if you go to the Fringe website, they'll they'll have all the the schedules. You'll always be able to find a matinee performance of of one of the plays you want to see. So if you're not a night owl, you you, you like uh, afternoon, early evening uh, entertainment. There will always be at least one showing of of a play that that falls into that uh, late afternoon, early evening things, and then there will be for night owls like me, there'll be a late night performance too <laughs> yeah for for the audience thank you that's exactly it because i mean i think i'm going to an evening one uh the first one is i believe yeah 6 30 oh that's not that late either 6 30 is wonderful uh so folks it, that is the night they rated mcmaster the play um it's the uh 2022 hamilton fringe festival um so that you know because uh, somebody could be listening to this years from now you never know no my shows go up online and they're going to be there for years like you can go back and listen <laughs> to any, any of them so somebody could be listening for years but remember i bet you the fringe festival will be happening whatever year you're listening to this highly recommend that you go to the fringe festival in your area i know one way or another you will enjoy yourself one way or another i'm teasing you will i mean try it out don't just try it once try it a few times and and uh you know because sometimes some like i've seen some of the plays and it was just like oh god i wish i hadn't seen that but i still love it because these people put effort <laughs> and love and passion into it right like there's they didn't get there just by uh you know flipping a switch on on their on on their uh, TV or on their computer. It, they got there a lot of work. So that doesn't mean you're going to love it, but uh, you know, keep going, keep checking them out. And uh, Chris uh, Crack Cracknell, please uh, keep doing what you're doing and offering the world your incredible nature so far. I mean, this is <laughs> the first time we've met is by voice, but um, I can tell you, I really deeply appreciated chatting with you and I really well, would thank like you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Um, I would like to get back to you again on some stuff that I'm doing in the future. Sure. And uh, Sounds interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And um, bye. Bye-bye.